We rarely know what lies beneath the sexy, filtered version of life that we see online. So we're lifting the lid and having the conversations about money that no one else is having. So settle in, grab yourself a coffee and come join the conversation. really be a career woman as well as being a good mum? That's the question we're diving into this week with the incredible Toby, advertising director and founder of My Bump Pay. From the challenges facing ambitious parents to the ways that companies can best support their talented team to excel in work and at home, My Bump Pay provides support and guidance to individuals and companies who want to smash the glass ceiling at work and thrive at home too. We talked to Toby about the assumptions and questions that face many parents-to-be, but that no one dares to ask out loud, and discuss the power of community in making career success and motherhood possible on your own terms. Thank you so much for coming to join us, Toby. And to get us started, I'd love to know, when did you have the light bulb moment for My Bump Pay? What made you actually decide to go, I'm going to start this platform? Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I, it's, yeah, it's a joy to be on and like, talk about my favourite topic, um, which is always nice. I guess I probably had like inklings of, I wanted to do something in this space to help people because I was kind of going through it I had loads of questions I was the first person in my office location to actually go on maternity leave and I think that combined with the fact that I was really ambitious and I was thinking oh my goodness how am I going to make this work how do other people make this work like what are the best kind of tips and tricks like what are the best hacks like how do I make my money stretch like you know all those big questions that I think lots of women have um and so actually it actually started all around money initially and around kind of maternity pay and maternity pay and different policies and things like that and as I started to do that lots of people started to ask lots of different questions and around the whole topic because it's so 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 vast and so complex um that I just started to to branch out really alongside my journey of actually becoming a mum for the first time and then the second time and then kind of going back to work and then the pandemic and all those wonderful things so um it has evolved over time, which is the beautiful thing about it. Um, it just moves as, you know, as people want and need it to. Amazing. And for anybody who hasn't seen My Bump Pay, they should for sure go and check it out because your content on there is amazing. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you talk about a lot is your passion for helping women to overcome the motherhood penalty, as it is coined. Um, can you tell us a bit about what, the motherhood penalty actually looks like and kind of the real impact of pregnancy and motherhood on a woman's working life. Absolutely. I think the motherhood penalty comes into play in so many different contexts and so many different ways. I think one way is that this perceived inability that as soon as a woman potentially falls pregnant or starts thinking about a family that they're ultimately unable to perform or deliver actually absolutely in their role which I think is nonsense, clearly. Um, so that's kind of, I think, you know, one of the first hurdles that many women have to face, this perceived inability that a, a family makes them incapable or less ambitious. Actually, there's actually lots of data, especially in the, the US, that actually shows that mothers become even more ambitious because actually their goals become wider and bigger than just them themselves and their entirety, that actually that, that, that ambition grows as they become 
parents. Um, so that's my, one of my favorite stats to kind of push that out of the way. Um, so there's that. And then secondly, around earnings and then the time taken out of work. There's lots of information, obviously, around the gender pay gap, which we're all kind of very, very aware of that. And one of the massive contributors to that is that women take time out from the workforce, um, which often puts them sometimes at a slight disadvantage due to maternity pay, due to childcare costs. Sometimes, you know, women coming back to work reconfigure or rethink actually how they're going to step back into the workplace, potentially often at, you know, with reduced hours or sometimes maybe taking slightly different role that enables them to um, manage childcare alongside their actual career. So those are some of the issues that, you know, encompass the, the motherhood penalty, which quite frankly, I think, you know, as much hard work that we can put into really eradicating that, the better, not just for the good of, you know, individuals themselves and their families, but also for the good of our, you know, society, our economy, there are so many benefits to actually eradicating or reducing the motherhood, motherhood penalty. I, I think that's really interesting. And I also absolutely adore the statistic uh, around kind of women, women who are expecting a child for their ambitions to actually be increased by the process but one thing I just wanted to pick up there is to me I mean I I haven't had children I haven't been pregnant so I don't know but I wonder whether it truly is and I am all for women and mothers like being uh just as successful if not more successful than men like when you are pregnant and you're dealing with I don't know morning sickness fatigue backache is it really possible to perform as well in your job because I I want to believe that but I I'm struggling to believe it because I know just if I've got my period I can be like having a crap day at work yeah absolutely no I definitely hear your your point it's a really valid question and I think there's always going to be extremes that you know at either end of every single situation right um and I think it's just like looking at any employee that perhaps has an external situation going on in their wider work, wider life and how it kind of impacts their ability to actually perform at their role. I think the issue that sometimes we face with the motherhood of penalty or, you know, that example that you just potentially cited is, is the automatic assumption that a woman who maybe is pregnant can't necessarily deliver or perform I think it's more about actually you know if somebody discloses their pregnancy or shares their brilliant news with you it's about having a conversation about right okay you know what are the things that you are you know still capable and able and willing and want to kind of lean into and you may find actually that particular person says you know I can still do xyz and I still want to do xyz and these things are really 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 important to me if somebody says that they're having a really difficult pregnancy, it may be the case that you just need to make some reasonable adjustments and those reasonable adjustments actually will still allow them to perform. So it could be that, you know, for a certain period of time that maybe they work from home or they work slightly adjusted hours. So maybe they beat the rush hour. Um, so that maybe potentially helps with any kind of nausea, travel sickness. It's quite hard to predict those things. Or for example, it's it's a standing desk, which I've had, and that has really helped with kind of with backache and things like that. So there are definitely reasonable adjustments that actually can make somebody more comfortable in their physical state. That means that they can still continue to perform. So I think you raise a really valid question and it's good to have those conversations. I know people think it, so it's good that, you know, we are discussing those things. So I think, but I think the first issue is not making that assumption without having the conversation with the woman in question. For sure. And actually what you've just made me think as well is like the way you articulated it, you know, if somebody's got something external going on, 
outside of work well the reality is probably 99 percent of staff have got some external situation going on that, that arguably could impact their work but you know if if you've got a partner or a parent who's seriously ill or you're having some issues at home or whatever it might be you can probably you know you don't need to go and share that work whereas if you're pregnant it's quite hard to um hide so yeah you're totally right and and that makes complete sense and I think it's actually a really good that's like a really good way to kind of think about it you're right that it's so out in the open and I think the thing is potentially there are lots of women who maybe suffer from you know all day sickness or debilitating sickness during their pregnancy I've had many friends that have gone through that and I think actually it's a real testing ground as to how you engage and treat the employee I think if you engage in that situation really positively you buy a lot of goodwill I was actually listening to a podcast from um, or TED talk by from a man called James Ree he talks about um, he basically talks about the economy of kindness in the workplace and he's made a mathematical calculation based on the economy of um, kindness in the workplace and it's basically saying that pays back dividends in many different ways um, in the workplace so I think it's also thinking not being so short-termist being quite long-termist and you know how you engage employees how you you know look after employee well-being and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. The kind of economy of kindness. I'm going to definitely go and look that up after. But one thing that I've seen you talk about a lot on My Bump Pay is going for promotions and getting pay rises when you're pregnant or when you're on leave. Is this something that you feel like more women should actually be considering and automatically, I guess, count themselves out for because they are pregnant or on leave? Yes, I have had so many conversations, maybe with friends or people on my bump pay who maybe think, oh, I'm not sure. Should I even put myself forward? This is the situation. Have many questions around it. I totally get it. It's quite a vulnerable position to kind of put yourself in. A, it's hard to necessarily kind of build up the courage to go and ask or put yourself in that position for a promotion in the first place. Um, B, it's even harder when, when you've, you know, you're visibly kind of growing a human and everybody knows that you're about to take, you know, some time away from the workplace. Um, but what I would say to that is overwhelmingly lots of women that have put themselves in that position have experienced something really positive. Either they've actually got the role and that's like one brilliant thing that I'll come on to kind of unpack in, the, in a little bit. Or B, it could be that maybe they haven't got the role. And I hope that that is on merit. I can't say for sure if it is, but I hope that, you know, if they don't get the role, it is because genuinely maybe there was somebody that genuinely is better suited for that role. But actually what that does, it enables them to take so many learnings from that particular process. If you're really clever, you'll get really clear feedback as to where the challenges were or where the growth areas or the development areas are and actually you can use that to your advantage that when you do return back from maternity leave that actually you probably could have softly developed those some of those things or you could have thought about some of those things or you could then put yourself in a position that actually when you return you come back 10 times stronger to then have that same conversation about right your development track or your areas that you need to grow in so I think actually it's a really positive experience from kind of putting yourself forward I think if you were to get that brilliant promotion, let's say you were to be pregnant and you are actually expecting what it is a really interesting thing. I think a lot of companies don't always look at it like this is that it's an opportunity to pipeline your talent. So if somebody is kind of stepping out on maternity leave, yes, you have to think about a 
replacement but can you be quite tactical about who comes in to replace that particular person does that give somebody else in the organization a potential growth opportunity that then develops their skills that 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 means that you've got somebody that's even more engaged that has been upskilled that actually can take on more responsibility maybe in a different area of a business so um and i'm not saying that's right for every business necessarily because for some small businesses maybe that's really really tricky um but i think you know maybe for bigger organizations thinking more long term about you know promoting women that hopefully can absolutely knock it out of the park and do that role um, who happen to be expecting can actually be a really positive experience. Amazing. And aside from kind of, you know, looking after people's roles, giving them promotions, pay rises, what else can companies be doing to better support women who are or want to be mothers and have successful careers? Have you seen any like great examples of companies that that seem to do this really well? Yeah, I think there are some really good examples of companies. I think actually what is more tricky and difficult it, is that it always comes down to the manager or who's kind of you know responsible for that particular team. I think that's where you find really excellent examples of things kind of working really, really well. Um, I am slightly biased because I think I work for a really great um organization and one of the things that I've actually recently engaged in is co-mentoring because so when you talk about are there things that companies can be doing to kind of help women or help mothers I almost feel like sometimes that's the wrong question to ask like I think we should be asking what can we be doing to help our employees as their life grows on this journey if you know growing up and kind of making decisions around expanding your family because it's not just the women it's also the men so I think if we have those open conversations and it makes men feel that, right, actually, do you know what, the right thing for my family situation may be that I'm going to take paternity leave for three months and actually I can do that and I'm encouraged to do that and there's the right processes for me to do so and it's going to be a positive experience, that actually what we are doing is giving women more flexibility and more choice about, you know, how they start a family, how they manage their career within that, how long they take off from maternity leave. So I think it's a really good question, but I'd love to see that question being widened up to tackle both men and women. Yeah, I completely agree. And actually, I'd like to kind of dig in a little bit more to that question of paternity and shared parental leave, because there is seemingly an increase in policies that are becoming more generous to shared parental leave, at least. And there do seem to be more conversations about men actually taking that time off but I'd love to know from your experience do you think that there are still some barriers whether those are societal or systemic to men really taking a fair share of the burden of or benefit of childcare. 100%. And the data says this, or the data shows this, because the uptake of shared parental leave is around 2% in the UK, and the uptake of paternity leave in the UK is around 27% of those who are eligible. So of those men who can take um, parental leave or paternity leave, sorry, just over a quarter of them actually do. And you're right, I think there are definitely systemic barriers in doing so. I think for a man it's 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 quite tricky because I think sometimes unfortunately very sadly if you see a woman who's gone through a pretty rough time in terms of their maternity leave journey and their career and kind of maybe stepping back into a role that you know maybe they're happy with or a level that they're actually happy with as a man you think gosh that's 
that's hard. That's a bit of putting. I'm not sure I want to kind of put myself out there and do that, especially if you are potentially the first one in your office organization, because the uptake is so low, there's a very, very high chance that you may be the first one or one of the first people to do so. So I think that's hard. Um, but I am, you know, now and again, I'll look on LinkedIn and I'll see a man kind of ran like raving, sorry, ranting is the wrong word, but raving about their experience potentially on kind of extended paternity leave. And those I think are really brilliant stories that we should be telling more often because we'll be encouraging men that actually, if you've got the right setup, the right support, um, that it is a really wonderful and beneficial um, thing. I, I've got friends of mine who they're married and um, they've done shared parental leave three times. Um, and so they've got a brilliant, you know, story to tell about their experiences. So I'd love to see more of that. Yeah, me too, for sure. And I actually think there are so many reasons why hopefully we should just see that continue to increase. You know, like you say, guys being able to share their experiences on LinkedIn or social media and whatever and just getting the word out there. You know, the more women we see being success, I suspect I could be wrong, but I suspect that probably one of the reasons why women have historically tended to uh, take the time off is probably because if you're going to have go from two incomes to one income, more often the man the, the man's income has been higher, so it makes more sense for the woman to take the time. You know, b- being unpaid if she's taking extended leave, and like the more women we see who are earning, you know, the same if not more than their male counterparts, the the kind of less likely that is. Um, but one thing I would love to talk about on a bit of a separate note is kind of practicalities because and I don't know if you kind of um if this is something you talk about or you hear about I have worked for my entire career in financial services so financial services is very very male dominated meaning that most of the people at the top are men and not to say that they are bad or they don't have you know the the best the good the right intentions but they obviously can't necessarily understand the needs of of mums and mums to be as well as a woman um i wonder whether there are any particular jobs industries uh side hustles or or small businesses that you think lend themselves particularly well to mums or expecting mums because they're able to be more flexible or work around you know Mm. motherhood a little bit more than perhaps some other jobs that make it difficult Mm. yeah absolutely it's a shame I do think there are probably some roles that probably a little bit more flexible just by the nature of you know what you have to deliver potentially on that on that job I think roles that are client facing can be demanding in a slightly different way I've always done client facing kind of those commercial roles where it's all around business development business growth client growth account growth um and they definitely are challenging they're not impossible I am doing it um but they are they definitely do have their their challenges and I think it's just finding it's that sweet spot of what you really enjoy and also having the right support system around you to kind of make those things work in terms of industries I think a it's really about who you work for and your team and having a really understanding team I think that's probably the number one thing so you could work in maybe slightly more traditional industry but actually you work in a team that everyone just gets it and everyone just understands you don't necessarily need to have kids to get it (laughs) Um, but just people that are empathetic and sympathetic um, that just get it and also trust 
is really, really, really important. I'd say that's probably one of the number one things is that can you trust your team or your individuals in your team to deliver? And if you can, that often lends itself to you know the flexibility that people sometimes need or require if you've got a family. Sometimes if you are looking at industries, you tend to find, and it's, I, I don't want to kind of make assumptions or judgments, but sometimes you tend to find that industries that are, have been kind of more newly created probably have a more kind of open-minded mindset sometimes not all the time um so I think it's really important about kind of looking at different factors you know speaking to the people that you think let's say if you are interviewing it's like speaking to the people that you could be working with um really getting to know them um really start to understand the policies within that organization and actually how they live and breathe in reality so do the employees actually take you know full advantage of them and kind of really enjoy them are the employees engaged in what they're doing are they having fun do you feel like you could spend time with them and therefore you would enjoy the time that you're spending away from your family so it's a really personal decision um fundamentally I think it comes down to really enjoying something having a great team having trust and having a really good support network I mean I think it's impossible to do without a good support network whatever whatever you kind of choose to do I'd actually be really interested for you specifically because you obviously have your job and you also run my bump pay. Yep. Do you find one or the other more or less challenging around motherhood and mum and family life? Or do you find that they, you know, they both have kind of pros and cons? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love what I do. It's so it's so much fun. Like I have the most incredible team that I work with. It is definitely challenging for sure. Um, and we will go through really, really busy seasons where, you know, we're, we're up for a lot of new business. We're having lots of really interesting conversations around kind of really growing the organization. And that means that, you know, my bump pay is really light touch. It's like maybe a couple of stories in the evening and then I kind of disappear and then a couple of stories in the morning and then I kind of disappear. And that's fine. And the beauty of what I get to do on my bump pay is that everyone just gets it. It is a really genuine reflection of true life in the same way that, you know, we all have things that we're like, you know, we're on it one minute and then life kind of something happens and then, you know, take a step back and then you step back into it and things like that. So that's what I love about my Bumpe. I'm not that consistent, <laughs> um, but I think actually that's the beauty of it. And that's what people hopefully enjoy about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I followed it for a long time now and I just love the positivity and I guess the inspiration that you put out there for, for, not only women and mothers, but for for anybody that's even thinking about having a family and, and those decisions. And for anybody that is in that situation who thinks that down the line they might want to have children, might want to have a family, are there certain things that you would say are important to ask your employer or to look for in contracts when you're looking for new jobs when it comes to this? I know you've mentioned about getting to know the team, but are there any kind of specific things that people maybe should be keeping an eye out for definitely I think it's really easy to maybe think about oh I want to have a baby oh that costs money and therefore I should be looking at how much I'm going to get paid during my maternity leave and sometimes we just look at that and they don't look at anything else and I think that is not something I would recommend to do alone you've got to look at the whole picture of your of your life in the sense that you know are you having a baby by yourself are you having a baby with somebody what does that other person's potential options look like in terms of leave and pay 
what does their role and job look like in terms of flexibility do they maybe travel a lot do you maybe travel a lot there are so many different factors that you kind of have to look at when you are thinking about having a baby and and your job and your career are there big milestones that you want to hit and you're really keen to hit those milestones before you even think about having a baby perfectly normal perfectly healthy um and perfectly fair conversation to have maybe with your other half so I think those are some really important things to kind of actually look at when it comes to like the nitty gritty of contracts um sometimes you don't always see the nitty gritty of contracts before you can maybe accept a job offer or if you are already kind of within um an organization sometimes those things are kind of already available to you so it is definitely worth having a look at understanding how that contract works in terms of the financials in terms of um you know the wider benefits around growing a family and things like that so things around kind of healthcare, um things around kind of well-being like all of those wonderful things that hopefully you know lots and lots of companies are actually doing um at the moment things around kind of flexible working and do you have to be employed for a particular period of time before you can have a more formal flexible arrangement or is it the kind of organization where everybody gets flexibility flexibility from day one um so those are, i think some of the things that it's important to kind of have a look at and i'd say kind of read every aspect of your either your policy or handbook or your contract because sometimes there are some clauses that are in slightly different and odd places where you wouldn't necessarily expect to find them that still relate to potentially having some paid time off aka maternity leave or paternity leave for sure and i mean like I love all these gems that you have and I also like Ellie just love the kind of positivity and like the it is so inspirational the content you're putting out there I think what's especially great particularly I mean I'm sure it's everyone but I just see particularly amongst my female friends I think a lot of us can fall into this trap of feeling like the employer sets the rules and there's kind of no ability to move within that and one thing I've really enjoyed about your content is I feel that it's really empowering in like encouraging um people to kind of take control and be strategic and well thought through and use certain techniques and tips to go and actually change policies themselves and make you know within an organization and make things work around them and I know that for you uh when you were first on or when you were first pregnant um that you were the first uh woman in your office location to be you know facing this this situation going on maternity leave and I wonder whether they were particularly flexible you know by default or did you have to actively kind of shape help them shape new policies around this yes so I think being the first one it was it was interesting it was definitely I think challenging in in moments I think also for me trying to navigate what does that look like with with my role and kind of several moving parts um I would say the pandemic probably was a really nice moment to you know rethink what flexibility kind of looked like in that particular situation I don't actually work there currently um but I think the pandemic was a really you know good opportunity to kind of rethink what does flexibility look like for this new way of working and actually really probably a powerful and really helpful experiment that meant that you know the flexibility that was afforded to people um after the pandemic was definitely different to what it looked like before the pandemic um and I think in some ways that's probably the beauty of my bump pay and probably you know another reason as to why I probably 
created it kind of being the first in my organization meant that in some ways it was quite isolating um it's not to say there were there were other parents that kind of worked there but they hadn't necessarily been pregnant at that company and kind of gone through that journey so in some ways it was quite quite isolating in your day-to-day it's not like um I guess now where I work that you know there's lots of women and you know parents and couples and um who are kind of going through that journey of having a baby so you know you know I see somebody or hear somebody having a baby and it's like it's great conversation great chat we all get really excited um so I think yeah in that situation it's probably quite isolated it was quite isolating so the nice thing about starting my bump pay is that all of a sudden I had people that it's odd people I didn't necessarily know (laughs) to have these conversations with um and it's so nice like some of us have kind of gone on to have second kids and third kids and sometimes we've never met but I've been on that journey of them you know having like multiple children one of them I even bumped into in the lift in my actual own office how cool um so yeah it was definitely an interesting experience but you know what if I didn't have that experience I never would have started my bump pay so I'm really great yeah absolutely I love when you kind of look back and you're like okay that was tough but it I got something really awesome out of it and like you say, it's, it must have helped connect so many people who are on a similar journey. And I just want to kind of round off this conversation because, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, but there's so many different things we've covered and touched on. And I think one thing that I hear people talk about and question a lot is this idea that you have to choose. You have to choose between having a successful career and being a good present mother and I'd just love to get your take on that because I totally get the impression that like you can do both but are there compromises you have to make and if so where are those compromises or where are those questions that you have to ask yourself? What a question I could talk about this question for ages but there's a time limit so I won't. (laughs) Um, I think when I think about that question, I, I my immediately when my mind goes to a good mother and it's like, what is a good mum, right? It's so personal to you and your family situation and, and everything that's kind of gone into your journey of becoming a mum or becoming a parent and your situation and your setup dictates what good looks like. I obviously love social media for the the brilliant opportunities that it's brought me but I also hate it because it's that notion of you get bombarded with pictures and images of what you think a good mother should look like and it it doesn't look like that for everyone it's so 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 different and I think that's where the mum guilt thing comes in and it's just a really awful and horrible thing that I actually I actually hate (laughs) but we all kind of experience it lots of mothers and parents and dads also kind of experience it and I think it's because we are comparing ourselves to this whole notion of good but what good looks like is really different to everyone else and I think you're you talk about compromises you do have to make compromises it would be wrong of me to sit here and say no you can have your cake and eat it you can't it's tough you have to make choices this week my son has been he's been ill all week it's not the week that I would have planned um and so I've tried to flick between you know looking after him and obviously that's like critically important and it's meant that I've you know fallen behind on several things that I would have loved to have got done this week I have a really understanding team really understanding boss but it means that 
you know, for me to feel like I'm in a good place and what I need to achieve this week. And also because I'm going on holiday, I, I need to put the hours in, in the evening to deliver that. And that means sacrificing rest, but I know I'm going on holiday. So, so it, you know, it kind of does balance out in some weird way at the end. Um, you absolutely have to make sacrifices. I think also as your career progresses and you take on more responsibility, um, there will be sacrifices. But I would say this, that as you potentially get more senior and rise in your career, as you make those sacrifices, I think you should be asking for more support from your organization to help you achieve what they need you to achieve at your best and ultimate, at your best capacity, but not, you know, ultimately negate the well-being or the other side of you um and that's like a really fluffy way of saying it but let's just say if you were to have you know a really senior exec position you know is there a conversation about getting an awesome assistant who can help kind of shape and arrange your diary is the conversation about having you know an extra headcount in your team so that you can you know have a particular specialism or particular firepower that means you still hit your goals and your organization things and you know your, your commercial objectives are still a big tick next to them so I think it's a bit of give and take um, but there's so many layers to that question and like I said I could talk about that question forever yeah no for sure that to be honest like what you're saying makes complete sense and actually one thing I've heard you saying a lot is about kind of being your own cheerleader and you know being the one to kind of shout about why you're the best person to do this particular thing or the best person for this job and I suppose you know you could think for an organization you know if you've got a very important role yeah okay you might because of whatever commitments you've got outside of work you might be able to work slightly less hours or or have to do slightly different hours but if you're the right person for the job then you know, ultimately, like you should be in that job. It's not going to help the organization if they've got somebody who can work nine to five, Monday to Friday, but they're not the right person for the job. And I suppose that's, I guess that's why it's just important to, like you say, know why you're you're there and you're right for the job and kind of be vocal about it, which yeah. I know personally, and like a lot of my female friends haven't always been brilliant at doing. And I think as you kind of, as hopefully as women progress and get more senior, hopefully you know within a good organization you are rewarded with more flexibility in terms of you know kind of shaping your own diary and shaping your own day which means that sometimes not all the times you might be you might be able to step out at a sports day to go to sports day but you won't be able to go to all sports days and that's just the reality of it you can't be there for every single moment that your child does something wonderful we would all love to be but it's just the it's just the nature of um of life and sometimes you know if you are more senior and you're afforded a, a really nice big salary, you can, you know, sometimes buy that infrastructure that kind of helps with the support, which means that the compromises are slightly different. Um, so yeah, there's so many different ways to kind of cut that, cut that question. And it's so personal down to everybody's different situations. One very last question that I just really want to ask, because you've talked a lot about the support and having the right support network in place. Obviously, I suspect it would be different for everybody. But for you, what have you found are like the key ingredients that have, you know, is it what what things have have really helped you like manage to just spin all of these plates? 
have a long list. <laughs> Go for it. Tell us. We need to know. And I think I think I have a long list for a reason because every situation and circumstance and week is slightly different. Um, so sometimes it's sometimes it's my parents. Um, I'm really lucky that I live really close to them, but they are, you know, living their best lives on like holidays and cruises and work and stuff like that so they're not always available but they're always very willing so my parents um I've used apps such as kind of bubble and kuru kids and they kind of help with like babysitters almost like an uber so sometimes if you know we want to go on date night because that's you should do those things they're fun part of you know being an adult um you know we all enlist services like that we have somebody really local to us who's a great childminder so sometimes she does ad hoc and sometimes I have an evening nanny that's the only way like for example I knew I could do this podcast because I have an evening nanny helping me this this evening um and that's just a choice that and an investment that we've made into kind of both you know our careers my husband and I um my sister sometimes on the weekend will definitely help friends um I'm yet to do it but a friend has said to me like do you know what Toby I just really need a break do you mind taking my daughter for the weekend? I was like, absolutely, like spare room, car seat, let's do it. And I know that if I was in the same situation and I had to call my friends, that they would absolutely step in for me in that particular way. Nursery, of course. Um, so yeah, a lot of it sometimes is paid, but it doesn't always have to be because it could be swapping with friends or neighbours. And I, that's why I think I always say to women, like building community, local community is so important because there may be times where you're just caught out and you're stuck and you can't get somewhere to your child, but having people that you trust within your locality that can maybe get there within 15 to 20 minutes when you can't is sometimes invaluable. Um, and I think that there's more on that list, but I can't actually remember it all off the top of my head. I, I love that. And it makes, you know, complete sense. Um, before we let you go, for anybody that doesn't know you and has heard this and wants to come and find you and see all of your content, where can they, where can they find you? Oh, thank you. Instagram is the easiest place. It's hopefully quite straightforward. It's just my bump page. So lots of updates there. We have a newsletter. So if you do want to sign up, you can just do that via the website, which is www.mybumppay.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on. I have thoroughly enjoyed this chat.